Hello and welcome to the Miraculous Being series. I'm your host and self-awareness coach, Veda Shivraman, and this is a show where we discover, learn, and implement lessons from others' life journeys. Others who I believe epitomize miraculous in its truest spirit. Individuals who live life to the fullest, who worked hard on themselves to reach where they are, and are passionate in what they do. Today's speaker is Coach Sahar. Sahar is an author and an internationally certified life coach with expertise in transformational coaching and metaphysical therapies. She is the author of two best-selling books, Twice Born and Because Time Does Not Heal, a master teacher trainer of Law of Attraction, Silver Ultramind ESP, as well as the teacher trainer for metaphysical therapies. Her dedication to the field of mind, body and spirit over the past 16 years has made her one of Asia's most sought-after coaches. Let's jump in. Hi, Sahar. Thank you so much for joining us in despite all our glitches. Here we are finally talking. Hi, Shweta, and thank you for having me. It's totally my pleasure. Lovely. Yes. So I think before we get started, uh, maybe it'll be great if you could share your journey and maybe a couple of pivotal moments of transformation so that our listeners can catch up and then we can delve deeper. Yeah. So Shweta, as you know, I'm from Iran. Originally, I'm born and brought up in Iran and then due to certain challenges back home in terms of my brother's medical issues, we had traveled a lot of countries and then eventually when nothing worked, they said India has, you know, all these alternative medicine like homopath, Ayurveda and all that. So we have been frequenting India a lot. But then uh, in 1996, I think was the last time they decided, okay, we'll give it the last shot. And if it doesn't happen, so it doesn't happen. So uh, basically, uh, my journey started when I was 14 uh, into what I'm doing today as a, as a metaphysical therapist and, you know, why I've written my books and all that. The journey goes back when I was 14. But now when I'm realizing that even at age three, I would watch anything related to metaphysical therapies and also uh, clinical medicine, basically. Even till four in the morning, three in the morning, and my parents would say, okay, whenever you finish, you you know, you switch off the TV. But those were the programs I would watch and those were the books I would read. So if I look back, my journey was already planned, you know, like what I call the soul plan. But then actively, I uh, started seeking answers because I went in 2006, I was married. And it was a very, very devastating relationship in every possible way. So I wanted to know what did I do so wrong to deserve this? And that's where the journey started. Before that, as you know, I was in corporate. So I worked for 12 years, my last um, assignment was VP operations and I was heading an organization with about 53 branches across globe um, doing the operations part um, so yeah that's how it is and then suddenly one fine day I decided okay you know what I am not happy in the corporate and uh, I don't know what I want to do but I don't want to be here so I resigned uh, and then after that there was no looking back Lovely, lovely. And I like how you said that, you know, the plan was already in action for much longer and much yeah. more. <laughs> it's only in retrospective that we were able to connect yes. the dots. So mm -hmm. I'm curious, you know, after, uh, you know, VP operations in the corporate world to metaphysical therapies, I mean, that must have been quite a leap, right? Uh, <laughs> how did that happen? Yeah, so in 2000, so I resigned in 2010, November, and then by the time they eventually realized that, no, she's, because I was with that organization for almost seven, five and anything between five to seven years, but in different locations, you know, different countries. So when they realized, no, she really is serious, <laughs> it, it, it took them two months. So Jan of 2011 probably was when I was relieved, but um uh, my journey as in seeking and then trying to find who I am, why this happened. That was started in 2006. Um, I started uh, with the Reiki, you know, I became, a, I started learning Reiki and then tried to calm myself down, meditation, cleansing, whatever you name it, then I have done it. And it's Shweta, it's very interesting. And this is what I always tell to people who say, what is my life purpose? I say, when you're ready, 
the life purpose will appear. You don't have to keep looking for it. You just prepare yourself for it, you know. So probably I was so ready, but unfortunately out of despair that when in 2006 for the first time I attended a Reiki class, by the end of 2006, I was a Reiki grandmaster, a pranic healing arhat yogi, theta healer. I don't know what all I had done. And I saw about 59 past lives in that year. You know, so because I was so ready, I would get all these opportunities just to keep doing everything. However, my job was such that there were times that I would not have a day off for eight, eight months. And it was a, a you reach office at 8.30 and you never know when you're going to come out. And even if you come out at three in the morning, also I was emailing and my mom was like, is it 24 seven? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So uh this is so basically that has started then but of course you're in corporate and people see you in a different light you don't want anyone to know uh, it's just that after something people started noticing something has changed my homeopath doctor especially said something is different about you i know so he knew me since 1996 Mm -hmm. And we are talking 2006. Uh, and then, of course, the three years which I was hiding and four years which I was hiding, not letting. So in 2009, he said, Sad, there is a difference in you. You're doing something. I said, like, what is the difference? He said, yeah, first time you walked into my office, it was a man dressed up like a woman. You were so masculine and you were so direct and so up to the point and there was no softness to you you just look soft but the moment you would open your mouth it was like I'm talking to the man <laughs> you know I was so harsh and hard and today you're talking to me like a lady you know like something has shifted that your aura is softer and all that he's also into spiritual work then I said actually this is what I'm doing and the change was so visible my friends started asking me well, what's up they thought you know maybe I've fallen in love <laughs> because I was always so joyful happy Everything they would say, I say, ho jayega. <laughs> you know, very flowy. So mm -hmm. they thought that maybe, you know, someone has appeared in her life. Then I told them one or two people, I said, you know, that this is what I'm doing. And then they wanted to experience. So basically, when I talked about past life and my friend went for a past life and she had a bad experience. Somehow mm -hmm. she couldn't and she got scared, two, three of them. Then they came back to me. By then I had done my training by with Dr. Mm -hmm. Brian Weiss. And I had actually gone through the entire training to be a hypnotherapist. But because I didn't have a psychology background from US, I'm a master's in psychology, but I hadn't studied in Canada and US. So they couldn't issue me a certificate. It was as per their protocol. But originally I was trained. So and they told me technically you're a therapist. So take us, um, you know, on. I said, okay, just for fun. So one, two, three, <laughs> by the end of 2011, I actually had a client base. And then this is how the transformation happened. I really didn't think I, you know, wanted to be a metaphysical therapist. And in fact, because I wanted to stay in Chandigarh and I had already resigned. When after a year, I started looking for jobs. They said, you know what? You're overqualified. You need to shift your city. Chandigarh wasn't as big an industry or IT hub then they say you need to shift your industry because with this package that you have and the work experience you have it would be very unjust we ask you to come down you know mm. so then i didn't want to move from chandigarh so see how the universe designed it i was not getting a job people were getting gravitated to just because i had changed in some way which i still don't know what but i'm glad i did so this is how the universe actually put me in the place i was supposed to be and it has been a beautiful journey, sometimes very, very difficult. I won't deny it's it's not all hunky-dory and rosy. The <laughs> spiritual world is quite, uh, can be quite dark, but it's really worth it, I believe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I love how you said, right, like the universe ensured that you stuck to the universe's plan and didn't have your own plan. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, yeah. it's, uh, and uh, you know, I, I can hear you say, because I know that even four years ago, even if I was listening to this, I would wonder, you know, like my corporate avatar would also wonder saying, what, what, where, where, what logic is there? You know, how is all of this happening? Because our mind cannot comprehend this many variables, right? It's just yes. something that is beyond our comprehension. So I'm sure when you moved, 
you know, when you were transitioning also from that corporate avatar to this, there would have been a lot of doubts, insecurities, questions. Uh, uh, how did you embody all of that? And I think uh, in a very strange way, I have always been very supported. Even if it was just one person at a time who stood by me and who believed in me, that was enough. So there was this friend of mine. I mean, he's a great friend of mine even now. So he said, you know what, Sahar? You've worked too hard. One year you do nothing. You just keep enjoying doing these things you want to do. I used to, then I started doing a lot of meditation. So I really did a lot of meditation for myself. And also then people, because they started coming and they would ask me questions and then I would answer those questions. And then they they started telling me that the, the clarity that you have when you explain a concept, why don't you start teaching? So me actually starting to teach also started because people really kept on pestering and asking me questions and they really wanted me to explain things. So when I used to do this meditation, he said, you enjoy this. You have this much money in your account. You are doing some side thing with, you know, with them I was investing some money. He said, why do you want to work? Just enjoy it for a year, then we will decide what to do. And don't worry, I'm there. Neither you're going to run away nor I'm going to run away. Just, you know, enjoy it. So I, and somehow, I really don't feel at least the financial lack. I may lack in, you know, feeling, okay, I'm alone, I live alone. You know, sometimes you want, you feel maybe you want a companion, you know, very rarely though. <laughs> but <laughs> but finances, which seems to be an issue with a lot of people, has never been an issue. I have been so fulfilled with 1,000 rupees in my you know bank account or in my pocket and I have been equally fulfilled or actually non um, I would say indulgent even if there has been one crore in my bank account you know and I have had both so I think that part uh, maybe I have been designed that way because I had to go through this journey so the universe had already put some default programming (laughs) but those things were in there but of course I am a person who needs to be busy I really like to add value, you know, I can't be sitting idle and just watching TV. Probably I have not watched TV for 14 years. And if I have watched, there were those shows which has been very selective. You know, it's about healing, it's about, you know, metaphysical therapies or it's something to do with universal um, laws and all. And if someone has recommended, I don't randomly go and surf and find something to watch, right? It's 14 years I haven't watched it. So... I need to invest my time in something that will add value to me. And then it should be in a way that I want to share it with someone. It's very important. So those insecurities that what if this is really not my line and, you know, what if I'm getting out of, you know, corporate is very heavy duty job. It's a really hard task. (laughs) And if you've been at that level and then for two years you do nothing, you start doubting yourself. Will I be able to handle that pressure again? So that was the only thing. But thankfully, I never went back to corporate. So I'm so deeply grateful for that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think I, I heard this uh, in one of the interviews that you had done earlier when you have talked about uh, that every soul has a plan, right? Yes. And we come with that plan. And I'm just curious, right? And I think uh, this goes back to that uh, question that you mentioned about people hunting for that purpose, right? So mm-hmm. for someone who's probably new to the entire concept of a soul plan, you know, what is it and where can they probably start discovering that for themselves? Yeah, so I think soul plan is uh, a lot being inter, um, I would I would say interused or, you know, it's a mix of people's understanding is that soul plan is basically your destiny. Mm-hmm. But actually soul plan, let's say it's a blueprint, like whatever you want to do in corporate also, you have a plan, right? You have a blueprint, you have a vision, then you have to see at what the step, what obstacles are there. Then you you do your SWOT, you know, to understand who you are, what can you handle, what kind of projects. So it's something very similar, but much more detailed. So basically, there are a few things which are the fixers in the soul plan. So it's your blueprint of this life. And there is a vision for it. And the vision is how much as a soul you want to be evolved. Right? How much your consciousness needs to be evolved and that is very precise because how much you evolve, that's much you're going to add value to the evolution of the entire consciousness. 
so when people are slow down that's where difficulties happen and when people go too fast that's where disease happen <laughs> you know yeah. so so it's that blueprint with a lot of details there's seven things which can't be changed let's say your body type because your body is not only the temple of your soul but it is also the messenger of your soul it is telling you the shape of the body the color of the skin the type of the eyes and all the illnesses that or also the health that comes with it is trying to tell you where all you are going wrong or where all you are going right so what are your strengths so the body the gender and um, these things can't change you also choose your family because you have a soul contract with them so basically your closed ones in that blueprint are your support system but how we understand support the universe doesn't understand support in that way because there is no concept of negative and positive good and bad for the universe so the support is anyone in whichever way can come and help you reach that vision so if someone has to come and uh, hurdle your progress so that you learn that you can be independent and you shouldn't be having unhealthy codependence so that's also support for the universe because support is support there's no positive negative we will perceive it as this person is so bad you know so me if they they did this to me and now i'm this you know <laughs> yeah. that's but for universe is not that so your support system is also chosen and then there are other things as long as you are clearing your backlog hmm. you're decluttering your blueprint from the karma which is no more serving you and as long as you're aligned in terms of rhythm and pace to reach that level of evolution which is eventually the vision of your soul you can keep changing anything in it you can ch- change color you can change your soul tribe you can change your agenda you can change your way of doing things you can accelerate you can slow down but it shouldn't be too slow or too fast that it actually puts the rhythm for other people in your universe out of mm. place so that is what we call a soul plan and you can really change it every 10 seconds but you need to be aware of few things one is that you need to be aligned with the vision of the source or universe for you you can't be thinking in separation that i need to reach there to help with everyone else me at the cost of others it can't you have to be um you have to create a conducive growth system for everyone and the third thing is that when you change you should be aware of the consequences of the changes you make hmm. right so once you are aware and then you make aware decisions you can actually entirely change your soul plan so much so like in my first book i've written twice born so it's about when the dimension of consciousness changes so it's like you almost die in the same physical body and you're reborn in the physical body but a lot of stuff about you changes so when first time this happened to me my nationality changed from an iranian i became an indian yes. and the second time which is very recent it changed i as a person have changed like when i look back 3 months or 6 months ago i can't relate to who i was and that's quite a scale yeah yeah so <laughs> this is the soul plan but you can change it to whatever extent as long as you you continue adding value and as long as you are um, aligned with the universal design yeah yeah and i'm curious to know your answer to this in terms of uh, you know how does one know they are aligned to the universe's plan okay so the best way to know you're not aligned is your state of mind mm-hmm. your health so when you're not aligned everything goes wrong the extreme of disalignment is when you have chronic disease when your health is bad mm-hmm. slight disalignments can be in terms of finances if your finances are not okay or if your relationships are having a certain difficult pattern so these are also disalignment but when the body knocks you that's where you realize that you're totally off radar then you need to um correct the course of action and change things yeah yeah absolutely and uh, i'm curious right about uh, 
you know, you're also an author and we've had discussions in my book writing journey as well. So the definition of your support system you gave, I think you are, you were one of my support systems in making the book happen. So thank you for that. You're so sorry. I'm just curious, you know, how is the journey of being an author and being an author of two best-selling books now, right? Twice Born and Because yeah. Time Does Not Heal. So would love to hear how was your journey into being an author? Yeah, so if I, <laughs> you know, I'm a life coach. So I teach people how to plan, how to envision, then how to, you know, plan backwards, forward and all that. Now, if I answer this very honestly, <laughs> I may lose some clients, but it's okay. <laughs> so there was a time where I learned that, uh, so my plans are also very holistic. I don't have a minute detail control plan of everything. Unlike what we teach in, let's say, business coaching and business mentoring, right? Because that is who I am and I can't change who I am. My profession should be a little different from who I am. But uh, when it comes to my books, actually, Shweta, they just happened. And they happened with a force that I had no choice but to let them happen. For Twice Born, which is actually my debut book, um, it was in 2014, I mean, a client of mine, she's a good friend now, came from Canada for past life regression. And when she finished her session, she kept on giving me messages from her master. So once you are in the life between life, you know, where the soul is trying to figure out what, how it went wrong, where it went wrong and know how to correct it in the next life. Um, and sometimes the guides appear if we request them. So this master's master comes and keeps telling you should write a book. So 17 pages of me writing messages from the master. And I was like, she's not going to write a book. I am 100% sure. And my hand was tired now of writing. Then I asked, I said, can you ask like, what is this about? Because you're not going to write a book for sure. Unless some miracle happens. So what is it? She said, no, 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 no. These messages are actually for you. You are supposed to write a book. <laughs> I was like, okay, that was a scary because, you know, English is my fourth language. Mm. And after 15 years of being in India, I'd forgotten Persian, <laughs> you know. So in what language will I write? Hindi, I, I talk, but, you know, I mix all genders. So Hindi is no option. So I was like, but then at in 2018 end, the call became so strong that I just simply couldn't do anything. I started, you know, falling a little sick. Um, things have started getting disaligned and then when I did a soul macrocosm drama that's a kind of a workshop I do so in that workshop I decided I should see what's wrong I am definitely I'm not aligned with something and then again the message was that you need to write the book so then I stopped everything and I sat to write and I I think it took me about 42 days to put the first draft together but of course then editing re-editing then it took a few months and by October, it was out. So this is how it happened. No planning, no nothing. The book found its editor, the second editor. I did a self-publishing because I thought I'm not going to publish it. I'll just do 100, give it to my students. And then this is out of my way. But the book found a publisher who actually has published my second book. I didn't put any effort for it. So this is when we say you're totally aligned with the soul plan. <laughs> Things just flow and you don't have to worry about anything. And again, the second book also happened in a similar manner. So a lot of my students, because I teach law of attraction and I train trainers for the law of attraction. So a lot of my students and trainers who were trained by me, they said the way you teach it, we have not read in any book. Can you please write something because the information is incomplete and it is actually some of it is not right, to be honest. I said, okay, because they have, the masters had told me her gift is clarity. She can bring clarity to the subject. So I started writing that. I wrote about probably 20,000 words and I couldn't move forward. And I just put it sit and write. And then I thought, okay, let me do one more soul drama. But anyways, I couldn't do it. I sat in meditation and then I got to know. So when I came out of meditation, I just picked up my journal and I started writing. And when I started writing, I realized actually a book is getting born. This is not journaling. This is something else. And then I kept on writing. And of course, this one took more time because it was case studies. I had to make sure, you know, the oath of privacy is maintained. There's no way anyone can get to know which client is because a lot of them know each other. You know, I do workshops, so they come. So they know each other. So I had to make sure everything is very, very discreet. So it took me more time. Um, but again, every case was again picked up randomly, like 
I was guided, okay, this person. Some of my clients really wanted their names also to be there. They wanted their cases studies to be there because for them it was miraculous. Mm. But I wasn't guided to put those books. So this is how both the books happen. And now I'm writing my third. So let's see, hopefully <laughs> that will happen with that much ease only. <laughs> amazing, amazing. And the second title got me intrigued, right? Because, uh, you know, we always say time heals and... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, your title is actually Because Time Does Not Heal. Uh, mm-hmm. What is the story behind it and uh, what so, is your perspective? Uh, yeah, so, you know, when um, then I went for the first time to a past life regressionist and I saw a past life, I realized we carry the wounds forever and ever and ever. So time really doesn't heal it. You know, it's just we suppress it, we forget about it, whatever. But it's somewhere in our system. And that's why it is governing our decisions, you know. So, so that stayed with me. I started, I, then I went on to really research time and understand what is time. Because in the other realm, in the metaphysical, there is no concept of time. And really space also doesn't exist. At, I mean, space is there, but you can just bypass it because everything is happening at the speed of thought. And the more you have worked on your energy, the faster your thought manifests, you know. So it's a scary because the negative also <laughs> manifests <Yeah>. as fast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So then when I was writing, when I came out of that meditation, in fact, the first line which I wrote, which told me this is a book coming out, said, um, they say time heals, but that's a lie. And il- time is an illusion and an illusion cannot heal another illusion. So this was the two line came and then the book followed. So, so, and then my research about time for the sake of the viewers is basically really time. There's a concept we have created to measure uh, our distance from experiences. So if I've experienced something and I forgot about it, then that becomes my past because there's a sense of familiarity, but I'm distance from it. Mm. If I'm talking to you in the now and I'm really aware of my body feeling, uh, how, you know, how I'm feeling, how am I relating to you? How do I look at you? And what am I saying? So this is now because there's no distance. I'm just in the moment, you know. And then if there is something I desire to experience because I heard it, I read somewhere, saw a picture, but I feel a distance. It's not yet happening, but my thought is reaching to that desire then that's my future but when i look at it from the bird's eye view when when we take the soul out of the body at the time of therapy and we tell the soul now look at your life and see the way the soul looks at life from there is very different from if the person is in therapy and trying to recall right Mm -hmm. so when you look from up there's actually no present past and future everything is happening at the same time yeah. I had a client who saw 108 lifetimes. Yeah. She saw it like this. And all of them were, you know, like small, small constellation with different, different stories. And those wheels were actually running simultaneously all at the same time. So there is no time really. So how will something that does not exist really help you heal something which you have gone through? Yeah. So then what I'm curious about is what heals them? I think the first thing that heals is that the recognition that something is not okay. What has happened is that we have been conditioned to believe that we need to remain strong. And if you're vulnerable and if you admit that there is a problem, then you are a weak person. Then you have lost it. But the truth of the matter is unless you accept and admit that something is not right, Nothing can start. No healing, no suppression. Nothing can start. So first is acceptance of the situation. Second is to realize that no one, including your family, including the therapist, including whoever, your lover, partner, is responsible for your well-being. You are the only one who can be responsible and you are the only one who can manage you. No one else can manage you. And if you are refusing to take care of you and you expect others to take care of you, that's very unfair on others and it is very unjust to you. So I think this sense of response, taking responsibility and this uh, 
over glorified concept of support and family and all that needs to go away and we need to raise children who really can take charge of their life the moment i believe shweta will save me i am giving my power of choice my power of healing my power of being in charge of my life away and i'm giving it to you now i want you to handle your life and also my life how unfair is that right so that's what heals <laughs> beautiful beautiful thank you for sharing that and i'm just curious right uh, because I, i've been you know i know myself from 5 years ago right the kind of person i used to be you know 2 plus 2 is equal to 4 logic straight thinking you know all of that right so i'm just curious that if there is someone like me in the listeners who are still there in that space because uh, uh, if someone had talked to me about past life regression then you know it, it would have been greek to me right because yeah. uh, the comprehension is not even like there so yeah. if someone listening to us is still in that space and is looking uh, you know to find that alignment to start walking that path of self transformation uh, where would you recommend that they start their journey of coming back home to themselves so um i think i would ask them to start actually educating themselves maybe a little to realize there is a world beyond logic and unfortunately that world is 90 95% of the universe <laughs> our logic can handle about 2 to 3% of the universe and maximum of 8 to 10% of our life yeah. everything else shweta is happening at the subconscious level of the mind Research says and on average a person processes 50,000 thoughts a day and makes an average of 20,000 decisions a day how many of them are we aware so Not the decision of i'm going to the gym to lose weight or the decision of i'm going to go for that interview these are the decisions we usually remember these are really not what is governing your life what is governing your life is that you do your best you put in 1000% into your relationship and still you get ghosted and you can't figure out why is this happening you do your best day after day you put in effort but someone else take the promotion <laughs> and you stand there and wonder why is this happening to me again and again because the problem is in the subconscious mind right yeah so i think it is very important see they say ignorance is a bless ignorance is fatal it's not a bless whatsoever knowing the truth is difficult but ignorance definitely is not a bless so to educate themselves maybe they can read realistic books there are so many now documentaries which talk about the metaphysical and the, how does the energy work like you can't be bigger than tesla at least or you know um Einstein at least you don't trust me and Shweta it's okay trust those people they all talk about energy yeah right so if someone has done something of great work make them your role model we unfortunately have come to a space that everyone thinks they know it all i went recently to a very big institute for a guest lecture and see when i go there i want to be humble I may have thousands of achievements but I want to tell them I also did blunders but despite that I'm here and I'm fulfilled and this is what I've learned and this this is my now my qualification so you don't talk about your achievements all the time because there's no point if they want to know about it they can go read on the net available so I was giving examples of you know don't think too much because you will keep changing your streams you will keep changing jobs you you know take everything as in your stride and as a stepping stone for success even if you feel something went wrong so at the end but look at what we have created as a society this guy comes to me so if you have made so many mistakes isn't it better that i go and listen to a wise person who has never made a mistake look at the delusional world they're living they think anyone who is wise is someone who has never made a mistake and i'm looking at this law third year <laughs> <laughs> you know student and i'm wondering that am i really hearing 
an adult, he's a young adult. Tomorrow he's going to present a case in the court, right? Yeah. And if this is the thinking, I cannot trust this guy. Yeah. And this is one of our top institutions. So to be, you know, because of, uh, of course, the social media has added to it. You think everything is supposed to be always hunky-dory. You think someone has reached, let's say, become Tony Robbins. You don't see for 55 years of his journey and now he's 75 years old if he's where he is. You want to be the next Tony Robbins tomorrow. Yeah, It's not going to work like that. We need to become realistic. So I think educating themselves is important at all levels. And say, can we pick up one or two mentors? None of us know anything at all whatsoever. You know, including me, you, everyone. We just know a little bit related to our life. But this universe is so vast. So pick up one or two people, at least look up to someone and understand how they function and then educate yourself and become better. And there is, and the third thing I feel is that when uh, when they stop dropping the need to compete with each other, when you when they realize that you're so unique and beautiful in your own way, that you don't need to become better than anyone else. You just need to be better than yourself, who, who you were yesterday or even one hour ago, yeah. you know. So if we get these... Uh, the foundations right then putting pillars and bu- building palaces is easy but if the foundation is not correct if yeah. it is all illusions and delusions then it is going to be difficult yeah. so i really suggest to stop watching social media <laughs> go read real books find real mentors and draw become a student of life forever then only you will do something of significant otherwise we all come and go we exist we breathe and then it's over, right? One day it's over. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for that. I think that's so powerful. And um, that is really the reality of our generation, right? But we want to be an overnight success yesterday, not even today or tomorrow, yesterday, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so we have a copy-paste, I mean, not everyone, but Shweta, definitely we have a copy-paste generation. Look at social media. No one is writing anything um, original. Yeah. If you're following, let's say, 20 people, within a week, you will see the same post, just the color combination has changed on everyone's reels and everyone, and you wonder what's happening, you know? Friends, <laughs> that's the key word, right? Right? It's just about numbers, but you know, life is about quality, not quantity. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And... Uh... I think I have one last question before we go into the rapid fire. I'm mindful of the time, but uh, just very curious about this thing because it's something that I struggle with personally as well. And I know a lot of people in my audience also who probably struggle with it, right? I think uh, you mentioned in one of the interviews that uh, one of the biggest lessons you learned writing the second book was, you know, this message of stop thinking, right? Yeah. And <laughs> I think as a generation, we are overthinkers, right? We're just so compulsive. Thought is something that just happens. Uh, yeah. you know, no matter how hard you try to, uh, you know, kind of be conscious about it. So I'm just curious, you know, uh, what kind of practices have helped you keep learning that lesson of stop thinking? And what does it open up for you when you actually manage to stop thinking? So uh, I think to be able to trust your inner instinct, your gut feeling, is one but before you reach there because that is kind of difficult we do have certain courses which we teach you to trust your intuition and learn to work with your intuition but let's say people not everyone does do it so i think journaling is very important because what is thinking or what is overthinking you're recycling the same thought without any resolution without any solution and because now the mind is starting to believe that no matter how much I'm thinking, there is no solution. It starts to get into that panic more than the worry and anxiety and all that shows up, right? Yes. So if something is getting repeated, please put them on pen and paper. And also keep writing letters to yourself about how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. It sounds very cliche, but it works. Fortunately, it works. Yeah. It sounds easy, but at some point when you learn how to do it and with practice it comes, then um, you realize that through journaling, you're learning a lot about yourself, a lot more about yourself. And so many emotions, you can manage it just because you're letting them out of your system and onto the paper. And for recycled thoughts, obviously, you just make a list and take it out of your mind. Once it is on the paper, the mind believes 
hmm. that you are going to take action so now it doesn't have to keep reminding you of it yeah so this is for you know any practical overthinking daily issues and challenges the third thing is i because not everyone can meditate but i definitely definitely suggest uh, going into the nature either you walk or even you just go sit by a lake or in a forest or a park or whatever in green and just sit there just watch observe you know that calms you down and the moment you calm down the slowly the uh, the distance between thoughts becomes larger so then you're slowing down the process of thinking this is somewhere i'm sure everyone else has read it or heard it it really reduce your inflow of inputs and messages you have to reduce social media see whenever an information is received the mind has to process it yeah. it cannot park it that is the nature of the mind whatever comes to it it has to process because it has to understand whether it is uh, a threat to the survival or it is good for thriving yeah. and unfortunately it catches hold of the threats to the survival because originally what is your mind's job to help you survive yeah. everything else comes next so it holds into those fearful thoughts and you don't even realize it you have watched the scary movie on tv you do not realize it how 6 years down the line the same thing can cause a miscarriage in a woman because the fear has been seated you know mm-hmm. so really you have to be watchful of what kind of information you allow into your system yeah. if the information is making you uncomfortable you should stop it it is your energy system you are not a dustbin that anything should be entering your system you should mo- I mean, really check what is happening with you right mm-hmm. the same way we check our children that okay no you can't watch this movie you can't play that game same thing is for us you know so mm-hmm. that is third then of course meditation helps but not meditation doesn't mean you sit for one hour with your eyes closed you can meditate with your eyes open the only thing meditation actual meditation is when you become aware of your breath you can be driving you can be talking you can be eating you can be dancing but if you're aware of your breath you are meditating yeah so you know so i think these things would really help and stop overthinking and the other thing the last thing i want to say if you're overthinking about something find a confidant go and confide in someone who's your well-wisher again you're taking it out of your system mm. and of course that person can give you suggestion or just you need to be heard probably most of the times and that's it it's not very difficult <laughs> true true i think we all know that it you know life is much more smoother and much more easier if we can just let go of our thinking controlling minds but yeah. i think it's years and conditioning that we are so compulsively uh yeah. know, so attuned to our thought in a lot yeah. lot of ways and in a way i think you know for us to survive in a world like corporate world and everything we do need our logic we do need our thoughts and it does help function in a certain way right but it's just that now we need to learn how to turn it off yeah see because if you're really thinking then you need don't need to keep repeating it mm, yeah when you're thinking that you're thinking <laughs> then you need to repeat it Correct. right so 90% of what you're thinking is actually junk garbage someone yeah. said something for 3 days you're thinking about it and then repeating it to other people how does it really matter Yeah. right <laughs> so like people tell me decision i said you know what what you're doing is not you're not making a decision you're just making an announcement yeah. because nothing is following that decision <laughs> decision is a decision when you later go and execute it then it is a decision right so these are only announcements when you're doing nothing about it <laughs> so these thinkings are also just you're thinking that you're thinking but you're just wasting your energy you're not really thinking productively very true like because we are not really concluding anything from it learning from it changing our ways nothing right it's just uh, regurgitating the same thing like a cow you know like yeah. chewing the cud again and again and again yeah the taste is also gone but we are still <laughs> chewing the same <laughs> yeah <laughs> true very true thank you for that example i think i'll keep that analogy in mind the taste is also <laughs> gone but you're still chewing the cud <laughs> yeah yeah all right um, Are you ready for the rapid fire? I hope I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's
let's start with the basics are you a morning person or a night owl i'm actually both hmm interesting okay uh books movies podcasts i think movies is out of the question since there's no tv books <laughs> books okay what are top 3 books that have probably transformed your life one is wishes fulfilled by wayne dyer the second one you will not believe was it's a novel mm-hmm. gone with the wind and i think i have read that probably 10 times mm-hmm. and the third book is uh, how do i say but it's actually my own second book hmm okay because time does not heal yeah wow amazing okay um, and my book is my copy is still coming i want to read it let's see um, <laughs> okay uh, what about um, you know three non negotiables in your daily routine my workout routine my morning tea mm-hmm. because that's the time where i put all my thoughts together and so as i said i just think about something once mm-hmm. i don't need to think 20 times so that's my tea time and the third thing is uh, to tidy my home i need to declutter and tidy at least one corner of my home every single day and the reason is um decluttering even if you are just decluttering your dining table decluttering actually declutters your mind so these are the three non negotiables wow i like that decluttering physical spaces to declutter your mind yes it really helps lovely any role models and what kind of qualities you admired in them so uh, i consider um, krishna murthy dr wayne dyer and uh, so these two as my mentors both are not in the body and what i admire about them is authenticity yeah. they never recycled someone else's information what came came yeah. they didn't care how they are perceived by other people yeah. they believed in their message and they believed and actually worked hard i won't say hard but they worked truly genuinely from their heart they were very hard people you know so to be able to be a clear channel of those messages for people so i think authenticity and standing firm in your purpose no matter what is what i look up to yeah jeddu krishnamurthy is a, a big hero for me also i think uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, too much respect i think for that just that clarity of thinking and the ability to stand your ground uh, when people around I'm you are not claiming to be your guru yeah that also mm-hmm. he insisted on that right in yeah. every way saying that don't call me a guru think for yourself <laughs> absolutely that's that's what the real teacher is yeah yeah to make you think for yourself absolutely absolutely gem of a person okay uh, one of the biggest lessons you learned through your transformation journey So uh, there are a couple of them perhaps one is to trust my awareness when something does not feel right just don't do it because you have to be the good girl or the good mentor or you know <laughs> very compassionate uh, therapist whatever so really really trust your awareness and the th- the second thing is whatever is happening is always happening for my highest good even if it is painful even if it is lonely even if it is difficult sometimes heart wrenching but the guy up there or what i call the universe cannot think anything bad for me yeah and it is giving it to me because it knows i will come out with flying colors so trust that and the third thing is you need to at all times remain the center of your universe but yet be very humble and realize that this universe has so much to offer your readiness to receive will determine how your life will shape up so i think these have been my biggest lessons and hopefully i've learned them now <laughs> otherwise the universe will knock them in some way or the yeah, other yeah. i went through a bad time just 2 years ago the knock was way too high it was actually kick <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> yeah. yeah so clearly you've made it through so 
go yes. to the next <laughs> next level yes. now <laughs> hopefully Lovely. yes yeah one word to describe the pandemic for you oh pandemic was for me was i think the most intense time of my transformation it was a very good time in fact for me to become more compassionate and then at the same time learn to hold the space and realize that we just go wrong when we operate from fear the fear destroys your immune system the fear destroys relationships fear destroys your abundance consciousness so the first and foremost thing to really get out of your system is your fear and you can do that by practicing faith so pandemic was a great great growth journey for me in terms of mental emotional and also physical i was the fittest i would say <laughs> i would exercise at home and uh, also spiritually yeah. it brought a lot of trauma and i'm not saying this because it was easy it was very hard certain incidents happen which are crazy you know like really crazy <laughs> filmy kind of incidents happen to me but it gave me an opportunity to grow well amazing thank you for that and one thing that you wish the audience takes away from our conversation today uh to know that they are the master of their reality and to learn that by thinking productively yet becoming aware of who they are that is the only formula to a fulfilled life i will never say successful life because i don't know what success means to anyone but fulfilled is only one meaning when you operate from joy and you are at peace no <laughs> one can go wrong with that so but to create a fulfilled life and feel fulfilled you need to take charge of your life no one else can do it for you amazing beautiful sahar thank you thank you so much for being thank a part you. of this conversation for fitting this in between your busy schedules and i really thank wish you the best of success with the third book may it also go into very very reprints uh, thank you so much for being a part of the conversation here thank you and i wish you all the best for your book thank you i hope it reaches all those who need it and thank you so much for having me great pleasure <laughs>